Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of 2023 of Oh God, It Hurts. Oh God, It Hurts. Welcome, welcome. Hey, hope you had a great New Year. This is Game Agent E.T., along with my bestie and uh, co-host of this show, the great, the spectacular, Six Button Samurai. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, sir. How are you? Doing good. Uh, Yeah, it's been a nice uh, start to the new year, wouldn't you say? Uh, I guess nothing uh, really catastrophic happened yet compared to what we've been experiencing with uh, COVID the past two, three years. I don't know. Knock on wood. Yeah. (laughs) Thank goodness, right? Yeah. But yeah, uh, hope you had a great new year. Did you do anything nice? Did you do anything fun? Mine was very laid back. Um, my significant other um, went home for the New Year's holiday, so I was chilling bachelor style. But um, nice, you know, I began to dig into some of the movies and games that I got for Christmas. So playing a little bit of uh, Atari Fifty. Which was as interesting, definitely as advertised, especially like if you're any sort of like history buff. I mean, all of the Atari stuff really represents like, you know, day one of of the industry that we know and love today. So. You know, it was really fascinating to hear a lot of stories from the people who were actually making those games back then. Um, You know, it's funny because, like, you know, I was a kid then and I had access to a 2600 and, like, it was a fun thing, but it was kind of a diversion. Like, I was still way more about, like, the arcade stuff whenever I could go experience it. Um, but now I have like really a profound sense of sympathy for, you know, there's always been games that have been sort of punchlines, um, among us. Like, you know, it's very easy to take a shit on the 2600 version of Pac-Man or ET, but you know, the people making those things were just given absolutely insane deadlines in which to finish these things. So it's little surprise that like the quality suffered because, you know, it doesn't matter yeah, how much coffee or cocaine you mainline. Like <laughs> if you have X amount of time and oh yeah, you're programming on what was an unbelievably difficult piece of like 4k like we talk 4k like literally that's the size of those games is yeah to explain (laughs) the size of that to uh anyone that was born uh uh 2000 and uh later (laughs) yeah that's literally uh i don't know I, I mean, not, it's it's, gonna... it's far smaller than like, like, you know, any image on your phone, um, yeah. any yeah. social media post you might tumble across. Like, 
it is an unbelievably small nugget of data. Yeah. And, you know, the limitations that those people were trying to navigate in making something fun was just absolutely brutal. So definitely sort of, you know, gave me a sense of like, Oh man, like, you know what these people did, like, yes, it's easy for those of us to shit on those things. Cause like, yes, like everybody else in the world, I really wanted an arcade perfect version of Pac-Man, but that was never to be on the Atari 2600. No, no Um, different era. yeah. Yeah. But like that thing is just packed to the gills. I mean, there's more than a hundred games. Um, I found myself getting in some fairly long games of Tempest 2000 because the Jaguars emulated on it. And like, that will probably be the only thing I own for the rest of my life that has anything Jaguar related on it. Yeah. I remember (laughs) that you were really loving that game back in the day when I talked to you about, uh, just games in general. And you always brought that game up and, I I never had a Jaguar, but I always saw advertisements and things about that game, and I always wanted to get it. And, I mean, I have Tempest 4000, which I don't know how different that is. Uh, that That's the newest one that came out for modern systems, but from what I heard, it's kind of similar to 2000, but 2000 is the OG, right? It's yeah, so uh, there was Tempest 2000 that was um, primarily designed by Jeff Minter and wound up on the Jaguar. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a Tempest 3000 that's on an exceedingly rare piece of hardware called the Nuon, which was more of like a you could almost think of it as like a next gen CDI sort of thing. Yeah, but it was more of a media player with some added hardware. Um, I understand that's actually a pretty cool version of that game as well. Um, more recently, it's funny there. Jeff Minter actually worked on a game for the PlayStation Vita that was called TXK. And essentially it was his, like it was his stab at that very same thing, but the licensing was not really worked out in the way it should have been. Yeah, because um, he was working under LlamaSoft, right? Which uh, is not part of Atari, and then they kind of got in a legal tiff with Atari, I believe. Yes, um, and it's a real shame too because, um, like, there's TXK and Tempest Four Thousand, and fundamentally, Tempest Four Thousand is like the consoleized version of TXK, it's very close to it in terms of gameplay, but there was an original soundtrack that was done by some really interesting artists for TXK on the Vita, and that soundtrack only exists in that version of that game. So, Are you saying that it's not on PS3 or PS4 at all, just the Vita? The just T- TXK uh, is only on the Vita. Wow. Yeah. Might have Which to is a shame, actually get that, one. <laughs> well, I mean, that music on TXK itself is fantastic. Like, it really felt much more like 
the follow-up to the kind of music that was on the original Tempest 2000. So, um, which yeah, those tracks are phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, for a long time, I had a. Um, I'm not exactly sure where I got it, but I I wound up in possession of a copy of the Tempest 2000 soundtrack on CD, and so I oh, would that blast does that. exist, huh? Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So I would blast that in my car. Um, nice. Because I really like the tunes. Um, it was a very, 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 like, vintage nugget of, like, early 90s techno. So if that <laughs> does anything for you, wonderful. If it doesn't, you know, you can place your laugh track here. Um, well, well uh, <laughs> I, I myself was a... Uh... Very big fan of collecting uh, those video game soundtracks and also, funny enough, uh, using like actual PS or Saturn discs to play music from like uh, Virtua Fighter. That had uh, uh, the they had a remix. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it was basically a kind of slightly redone version of the original Virtua Fighter, but they also redid the soundtrack. Yeah. And I love the tracks that are redone yeah. for that game. If you can, yeah, I find... can remember, like, that was kind of a regular write at the time where yeah. all of the releases that were dropping for PlayStation Saturn in the mid 90s, like, the first thing you do is, like, go check to see if it was, like, playable as a CD or not. Yeah. Um, because that was just sort of when the boom in, like, ancillary soundtrack marketing really began. And of course, Squaresoft were the ones that were very cagey about it right away because they figured out, like, in terms of making those games on the PlayStation, you had to code them so that that music was not streamable off the disc. Redbook, right? Because, uh, I forget. I think it's CDDA uh... or the other thing. I don't yeah, know. Like, not, I, I was I was paying attention to some of that stuff when the PlayStation Core was in development for Mister, mm-hmm. and I forget it. But essentially, like all of the PlayStation games that were dropping, they all had it so that you couldn't play any of those tracks off the disc because they wanted you to then go to your favorite store or Combini or whatever and pick up those soundtracks, especially for all those great late '90s PlayStation titles. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> whatever, whatever they think. But to be honest, uh, that's how I got into a lot of artists, especially uh, if you ever played Wipeout XL. Yep. Oh, that was a perfect one to have on your car. I actually played it as a music disc more than the actual game itself because I love the soundtrack to both yeah. XL and uh, 3. Wipeout 3. Just... Yeah, those are both excellent and had really good soundtracks for them. And yeah, that was kind of a, that was also a rabbit hole of musical discovery for me. So. Yeah. Jeez, we could probably dedicate a whole show on video game soundtracks and just how they yeah. changed our lives and just mm-hmm. how beautiful they can be. And yeah. what are your favorite ones? Things like that. Oh man, we should do that someday. That'd be nice. Yeah. Agreed. But yeah. Um, so yeah, Christmas, New Year's. Uh, you know, it's always the season of giving. 
the season of buying. So mm-hmm. maybe you got some presents or maybe you kind of spend a little bit of Skrilla on the many holiday sales that you can find on the online shops. Uh, yeah. James, was there anything that you got for Christmas or bought during the holidays that... Well, like I mentioned, I did get Atari 50 for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also got Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Ooh, um, nice, nice, nice. I love that I game. Which I've just begun to spend some time with and, you know... Yeah, it's a great game. It's really good. And there's a reason why, like, so many of the people whose content we enjoy on YouTube, like, mm-hmm. that game's winding up on most of their lists because it's just really, really good, fundamentally solid platforming. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people have waited a really long time for there to be, like, the Kirby equivalent to Mario 64. And, or Mario you know, Odyssey, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So they waited a long time, and, you know, it's a beautiful game. There's all kinds of abilities, and it's adorable as hell. So, you know, that's that one's pretty much a no-brainer. Definitely one of the best games to land on the Switch in 2022. Nice. What did you yeah. get for Christmas, sir? Or did you pick up anything? Well, there were some games I bought um, mm-hmm. because in Japan they have a lot of holiday sales, not only online, but uh, at the box stores. And mm-hmm. there's a retail chain called Gao, which mm. um, if you're looking to buy uh, used games mm-hmm. that are not too old, like for Switch or PlayStation 5, PlayStation uh, PlayStation 4, things like that. It's definitely mm-hmm. a good place to look for uh, during not only uh, December, January, but in the middle of summer as well. They have really good sales. Um, I was able to pick up uh, ARMS for Switch for 1,500 yen. Nice. And Astral Chain for 2,500 yen. So wow. I'm very excited to play those games. Um I also received my Taito Memories Volume 1 for my Egret Mini 2, or Egret 2 Mini. And this is a collection of 10 new games that are not part of the initial lineup for the Egret 2 Mini. And some of the games included are games like Gladiator, which is a really old Taito classic that our buddy Sebastian, I remember, played a, a hell of a lot of. Uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of like one of those early games. It's kind of a precursor. It's not really a fighting game per se, right? but it's kind of like a fencing slash uh, kind of like 1v1 against the computer uh, pretty much along with uh, using your shield to block during the uh, normal parts of the stages where they throw a bunch of things at you and you're trying to Make sure to not lose your armor before you fight uh, the boss. The boss is. Yeah, that's kind of a tough one to quantify in genre terms now because it's almost like a proto, like auto run game by way of a brawler. Yeah. Sort of because there's, you know, there's always a part in the stage where like you're walking along, your character is like really, really big. And you basically deal with attacks and oncoming attacks in a high, medium, low fashion. Um, 
And so the game sort of auto scrolls and your character is just walking along. You have all that armor to begin with. And then attacks and random power ups are basically sent your way. And you have to like block them with the shield or strike the power ups with your sword so you can acquire them. Um, And then there's always like fights against like minions and then like a mid boss and boss sort of thing. So yeah, that's a weird and like really interesting like genre straddler if there ever was one. Yeah, it's definitely one of the most fun games on that collection. And uh, one thing I wish I could do is uh, the demo shows that uh, the character can kind of move his uh, shield up and down and it makes like a wave. Like yeah, a you have to rock it up and down really, really fast, and then it becomes just this wave that catches everything, which yeah. makes it a little bit easier for you to like just swipe at things with your sword because you'll develop. You've got like this force field essentially that's just protecting you from everything. Yeah, I I never really got to play it much back in the day because I like to watch that game, but I played it, and that game was way too hard when I was. I think I was like what 10, 11 around that yeah, time you were that pretty game. young when that dropped and yeah. that was definitely one that like I went like I think I tried it as a kid and I was just like oh this game's hard this kicks my butt like I don't want to I don't want to spend time in it but like it just had like a really really interesting sort of soundscape and cool graphics, cool sound design and so that was one that like if I saw somebody playing it and they were good, then I would usually stop and watch them play it because it was, yeah. you know, it was an exciting game to watch somebody good at it. And it had nice sound effects and it had digitized voices. So that's why <laughs> it was one of my favorites. Uh, cool. I, yeah, I know any game that had digitized voices, I was yeah. immediately drawn to back in the day. I don't know why it was just one of my little things. The yeah. things that made me really excited about games. Just it's hearing even those better voices. than violence fight, <laughs> dude. Violence fight, man. That that's uh on the initial lineup of the Egret Two Mini, and yeah, that's mm-hmm. a man. That's that's an Ed special. <laughs> <laughs> Lick Joe, uh, was it Lick Joe? Is Lick Joe in that game? I think he's I think the so. he's the bruiser guy that flips you off when he wins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go play that game; it's fun. I yeah. love it. Yeah, yep. that's what I'm messing around with, and yeah, I'm glad I had time to do it. T- had time to play it. Yeah. Um. So now, uh, well, I think uh, last time we had a little chat with Hoptimus uh, on our mm-hmm. end of the year podcast uh we talked about games that we were looking forward to in 2023 Mm -hmm. i was wondering are there any lesser known games that you would think you would recommend to anyone to look forward to for this upcoming year that's not out yet but you know at this point um man like most of the lesser known games are things that are already like occupying space in my backlog that I like really need to deal with. For example, um, I was horribly stuck in tunic and then I backpedaled. I managed to spend a little bit of time with it on Friday or yesterday. 
And I finally managed to get unstuck. Um, so I figured out where I was going. I figured out this key mechanic that I had not used in a certain place. So I finally got access to like the end of that temple and I was getting my ass whooped by a boss for a little while until I sort of figured out like how to hone in on him. So I just used the red key, got the red crystal. There's a red, a green and a blue crystal in the game. So ostensibly now that I've collected the red one, I can go forth and collect the others. But like, I don't know, like that game's really beautiful, but it's very interesting the way the dungeons are sort of deeply integrated into the overworld. Like they're not really separate structures. Obviously they exist in a certain place on the map geographically, but you have these very winding paths that sort of integrate like specific parts of the dungeon with the overworld. So it doesn't have that same sort of very separate thing that like the older Zelda titles did where they were very distinct between dungeon and overworld, at least until you began getting towards the end of, uh, like the last couple dungeons of a link to the past began to do that. If I recall correctly, um, but no, I finally got unstuck with Tunic, and that's a game that I absolutely want to finish because it's charming as hell, and I love how tough the combat is. Um, so as far as lesser-known ones, that's it. But, like, it's funny because I was pondering, like, the calendar for 2023, and, like, the three games off the top of... or four games off the top of my head that I'm most excited about it's just like franchise arama because like March is um, Jedi Survivor, which is the follow-up to Jedi Fallen Order, which was a fantastic sort of third-person action game slash platformer slash sort of there's definitely some Metroid elements to it as well. Um, but I, I adored that game and I'm excited for Survivor coming out in March. Um and then after that, like, May brings us, you know, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, um, looking forward to that myself. <laughs> and then June, we've got both Street Fighter Six and Final Fantasy Sixteen. So, yeah. Isn't it on the same day? Is no, it on the same SF6 day? SF6 is on June 1st. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that Final Fantasy Sixteen is on, like, June 23rd. Okay. So thank God there's like a few weeks in between those, but like, I'm sure I'm going to be like belly button deep still in tears of the kingdom by the time SF six rolls out. So yeah, you know, that's going to be really hard to manage some, time. Uh, some first world problems and trying to navigate like how much definitely. time to spend with some of those things. But yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I know there's a bunch of interesting games that I've seen on different YouTubers top tens that I'm like beginning to feel out through like game pass or PSN plus. And, you know, I'd love to add some of those and definitely get to those. But like tunic is like priority one for me. Cause I've really enjoyed that game. That's definitely one that I want to finish. Um, how about you? What are you looking for? That's like a bit off the beaten path. Um, there were two that 
I've seen in development and they look really cool. I'm really interested in getting them once they come out, but there's no specific date they're coming out, but Mm -hmm. they will come out this year. Uh, One of them is called Gravity Circuit. Mm -hmm. It's going to be on Switch, PC, and the Playstations. Um, It's it's basically a Mega Man-inspired game, but the attacks are melee-based. And uh, it's kind of your very typical, you buy... Uh, special moves, and then you gain abilities, but the graphics are 2D pixel art, which looks amazing, and the gameplay looks great. It's something I definitely want to try. Nice. Uh, You can check out more info on their Twitter account, uh, Gravity Circuit. Uh, Then there's also Blazing Strike, which is uh, a 2D fighting game that looks a lot like a SNK game. Yeah. And that's going to be also on Switch, PC, and the PlayStations. It's may it's going to be published by Axis Games, and uh, yeah, there are some characters that are your like kind of run of the mill type of character, like a wrestler in a tiger mask and a Shaolin monk. But then there's also some other character designs that look really cool, like a ghost ninja. And then there's a scientist that's trapped in a like a robot kid's body, and uh, and a, an assassin that looks straight out of a Sega's Yakuza series. Uh, it just looks fun. Uh, there, there's definitely going to be uh, a lot of nice combos that you can have in the game. It looks fluid. Just want to play it because it was supposed to come out last fall, but they postponed it, uh, trying to refine the the gameplay and things like that. But yeah, I think it's something to watch. Uh, I don't have any official... I forgot to... Uh, bad host. I forgot to get the the information on how to find it, but it's Blazing Strike, not Fantasy Strike, whatever uh, David Serlin made, which... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I played it's that game. It's not Jungle which, Strike? No, it's or not Urban Jungle Strike. Strike from... <laughs> it's not Third Strike either. Okay. <laughs> it's Blazing Strike by nice. Axis Games. Check it right. out. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So I guess it's time to take that little commercial break that we always do in our podcast. Um, we are part of this mothership called Ruminations Radio Network which is a collection of podcast shows ranging from themes that cater to cinephiles, horror movie lovers, fantasy footballers, you name it, retro futurist culture enthusiasts. Yeah, there you go. So you're going to hear from one of these hosts from the RRN. If this show interests you, please do seek them out, as well as the rest of the cast that we have in radio uh, RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. We'll be right back. Hey kids, it's Don Shanahan from the Cinephile Hissy Fit, one of the podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network. If you've been enjoying this show, come listen to Will Johnson and I fight it out over cinema's best and worst on Cinephile Hissy Fit. Find us and all the great shows over on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Okay, we're back. Hey, James. Hello. Yeah. Excited about the potential of 2023, kind of wiping the slate clean. I was wondering, uh, do you have any 
resolutions or goals that you want to set for 2023 gaming wise? Because that's what we always do. You know, we got to better ourselves. <laughs> I was wondering, uh, you got any goals? Got any things you want to check off your list? Yeah, I think what I might need to do from here forward, like, I'm notoriously bad at beginning games and not finishing games. Um, you and, and me both, sort of brother. Inter- <laughs> right. And it's sort of this eternal push and pull between, like, the hot new release or, like, especially now that, like, games don't just get released. Like, they also get, you know, bolstered with downloadable content or new things as games arise or they're you know everlasting gobstoppers with online play um i want to develop like a better rhythm with the things i play um and right now like i'm really trying to just lock into finishing tunic however another game that i started and played a lot of you know, over the holidays was uh, near Automata. Ooh. And that's another one that once I'm finished with Tunic, I want to lock into near and finish that one. But like, as an example of this sort of crazy eyed churn between games, like um, I was lucky enough in that I did a deal with a friend who really, really wanted my analog pocket and was willing to offer up his PlayStation five as like part of that deal. So I wound up with a PS five. Um, I'm playing through both stray and, um, final fantasy seven remake at the moment. And those are both like really beautiful and really interesting. And I mean, thankfully like, Stray's not a terribly long game, so that won't take very long. It's also one that my girlfriend enjoys watching me play. Um, Oh, and I heard that cats, when they watch that game, they actually think it's an actual cat. And I've seen people on social media filming their cat, kind of like jumping at the screen and trying to interact with the on-screen cat on Stray. It's funny. So, no, it's, um, you know, again, it's... I've had difficulty just sort of locking into the one thing and really chasing it down until it's done. And I think also part of that is like, sometimes if I come home from work or whatever, or doing errands, like I'll just want like a very brief hit of something, like something that I can play in like 10 to 15 minute spurts. So usually that's when I'll fire up something very, very retro, like, play some Pac-Man CED make for the NES or Tension Tetris um, or Slap Fight MD, which are all games that sort of make appearances in that realm in my head. So if there's anything that I'd like to do in 2023, it's just finish more games, like at least sort of think of those games. It's like, okay, that's the thing that's on that platform for me right now. That's waiting for me to resume, you know? So I think if I like think of each of these platforms as like, well, that's the thing that you're playing on that one thing right now. And you can't, you really shouldn't play anything else until you finished it. Um, 
that's a discipline that I would like to acquire in 2023 as far as my gaming. It's like you um, have to parent yourself. You know how you really do. It, it's like when you have a kid who's not eating their dinner. Right. You can't leave well, this I, table until you finish your video game. I mean, your dinner. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's also like I realize now that like so many of the gaming habits that I formed when I was young, like I used to play games and like if I finished a level or got to a new place, like I would quit and then resume it the next day because in that day and time, I was trying to make games last longer because I didn't have a lot of pocket money. I couldn't just go blow money on like a brand new game or, you know, to a lesser extent, go and rent things all the time. So yeah, now I've got the opposite problem where it's like, I really just have to dial in and play the thing to completion because I think, I think I would be happier with my state of gaming overall. If I really like pick some strikes and then work really hard to like finish those things. Um, yeah, because are, I think uh, that 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 mindset uh, it's hard to change. It's hard to change our stripes once we grow up doing that sort of thing. And even though we become adults and we know, hey, you you can change it. It's hard to break those habits. And yep. I I totally agree. I have the same problem. And mm-hmm. I am still not finished with Fantasy Star, and I still need to force myself to. I shouldn't say force myself because it sounds like I'm not enjoying it. I mean, I do enjoy playing that game. It's just a matter of having that mindset where I can enjoy it instead of feeling like stressed that, oh, I have to do this instead of Mm -hmm. I want to do this. So I think you're right. Um, We kind of have to have that balance, that little medium where it's like, okay, if we're going to start a game, Definitely do a game where you know that you have at least enough time to consistently put in even 30 minutes to an hour here and there, like maybe a couple times a week, three times a week, and not stress too much about, oh my God, I got to marathon this because I want to get this game out of the way so I can enjoy a new game. I don't think that's what anyone should be doing uh at our age we should definitely kind of find something that okay well this is something i would like to play for as long as it takes but even if it's half an hour um i'll still have fun i mean that's what i did with the uh latest legend of zelda breath of the wild i played uh an hour for two months straight And that was like the most fun I had. And uh, with that game, I was surprised. There's no really big overarching goals that you have to accomplish immediately. That it's one of those games where you could just roam around and do whatever you want. But if you want to do something that is substantial towards your goals, then you can do it. But you don't have to rush. I'm going to be honest here. Like with Breath of the Wild. Mm hmm. That was the very last game that I had what I would call like a genuinely unholy marathon of playing it. Um, Really? I can honestly remember one day, and I want to say it was like maybe early 2018 when I was playing that, where 
I started playing Breath of the Wild around like 10 a.m. And I shit you not. I was surprised to realize that it was now dark outside. (laughs) And it was about 930. And so I had nearly blown an entire 12-hour continuous nugget of time. Playing that's Breath good to do once in a while yeah i mean it's it's amazing and like you yeah. know there's no like i don't know like it feels fantastic but at the same time you're also just like oh my god i can't believe i burned this much time doing yeah <laughs> this specific thing but like you know ostensibly the goal with these games is to get completely enveloped or just sort of lose yourself and be connected with the game and that is absolutely what happened that day. I mean, I just started hunting out shrines. I got to a place where my stamina gauges were fairly robust, and that was, you know, enabling me to climb pretty darn high. And uh, climbing yeah, those man. mountains like a machine, yeah, like Rocky, yeah. buddy. Yeah, I mean, you know, that game really got. I don't think there's been any other game I've ever played where like, especially with like open world games where, you know, I don't think, I don't think a lot of designers spend as much time maybe as they should making traversal really, really fun. But traversal was absolutely like one of the very best things about breath of the wild, because you could see something really, really far away on the map and then you eyeball it, you know, from the vantage point of your character. And there's just something super addictive about like trying to make your way towards that thing, you know, and realizing like, okay, this path's actually doable until this point, And then there's all this stuff or like a ravine or some sort of uncrossable space. I mean, yeah. uh, it's, it's a thing that I'm like, I don't know, man, like, I think Breath of Breath of the Wild is a really difficult act to follow. And oh yeah, I think when Tears of the Kingdom, like that game's got some real homework cut out for it in terms of being as you know relentlessly engaging and addictive and interesting. You know that's going to be the expectations are going to be really really high with that game. So it'll be really fascinating to see how it actually lands i have faith in them it's not going to be like majora's mask where they had like a very short amount of time to turn around another kind of sequel to an existing zelda game uh they had what two or three maybe four years now to develop it yeah i mean it's definitely it's you know it's been the thing that people have been bugging them about for a really long time. And, you know, to their credit and true Nintendo fashion, they just have kept working on it and didn't really reveal anything, anything until relatively recently. So until it's ready. Yeah. We will, we will see how that turns out. Yeah. But yeah, breath of the wild. If you haven't played it yet, give it a try. Definitely one of those games. You don't want to fast travel. Because like James said, there's always something going on that you'll see like a interesting thing that a enemy is doing and you want to kind of come in closer and try to see what they're up to. 
a lot of yeah. little things that surprise you about that game. Definitely. You'll see it. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So um, is there anything that you want to change or geez. upgrade or modify about the way you consume games in 2023? It's similar to what you said. Uh, my little thing is, I. it's funny because uh, Hoptimus kind of brought it up last podcast that we had. Um, I have a tendency to kind of make things too hard to myself. You know what I mean? When it comes to finishing a game or progressing in a game. Yeah. I kind of try to make it so that I either try to one credit clear it or try to do something that it's fun for me, but it's not very good in terms of progression. And I'll give an example. Okay. Uh, the new TMNT Shredder's Revenge game, right? Mm-hmm. I caught myself playing story mode, but trying to beat the first level without hit it, getting hit. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that actually is one of the goals on that level, though. It is. It is. Yeah. But I fair. should kind of progress and kind of finish the other levels first. And then, okay, after that, then I can do something like that. Because although I'm enjoying the game anyway... I could probably enjoy it more if I see more of the game instead of just replaying the first level over and over again. Right. And that's the same case with the Space Harrier where um, I'm taking a little break from it right now because I'm a little burned out. But I was trying to one credit clear that game. And (laughs) the moment that I lost all my lives, I would just let the timer run out and put in my initials and... Yeah, that's where I would stop. But now I'm starting to kind of utilize the modern perks of the Sega Ages version of that game on Switch where you have a stage select so that if you want to practice certain stages, you can. You don't have to go all the way back to stage one and get all the way back to whatever stage you got to to kind of practice it again. You can practice it whenever you want. And, I mean, the main game itself, it allows you to have three continues. So, beating that game in three continues is still pretty hard, but I think it's something that I should shoot for first before I try to do the one credit clear. Because, yeah, I mean, we're adults. We don't have time to play this game, these games, like, ten hours a day. No. And no, we're not, not especially to... if you want to get through more than a few. Yeah. Life's too short. You know what I mean? Um, and I kind of noticed that I'm also kind of focusing too much on a few games instead of kind of broadening my horizons and trying out new games. Yeah. Like the past three, four months, I've been playing nothing but Space Harrier and Pac-Man Championship Edition D-Make from the Namco Museum archives. And there are more games that I want to try that I should really at least try out. So that's why uh, this whole break, I was playing stuff that was on my Egret 2 Mini and my Astro City uh, Mini V that Mm -hmm. when I got the uh, Astro City Mini V, that was the time when I had surgery on my hand. Right. So I could only look at it. 
I couldn't mm-hmm. play it because my thumb was wrapped up. I couldn't grasp a joystick. But now I finally got to play some of those games, and wow, it it's fun to play a lot of these shooters that not many people know about, like Outzone mm-hmm. and uh, Truxton. I think that's uh, Tatsujin. Tatsujin was really fun. Yeah, uh, Batsugun is a really interesting game. There's so many good games on the Astro City Mini V and the Egret 2 Mini that it's worth spending time on, especially shooters, if you love shooters. That's something I'm trying to get a little bit more into. Like, cause that, that's Toa Plan, baby. Yeah, and Toa Plan has a ton of stuff on the Astro City Mini V. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, I know, like, we talked about it before. People have said that there's input latency. I don't know it, notice it. Some people do, but regardless, it's fun to have. It's fun to at least try to find a way to play that game. I mean, if you don't want a mini V, there's cores coming up on Mister that you can play more toe playing games. Definitely. Yeah, they've also begun to release a bunch of those on uh, Steam as well. Yeah. So check them out, like the Tiger Heli collection Mm -hmm. and the, what is it, Sky Shark collection? I don't know what it's called in English, but it's Same Same Same. Yep. Yeah, I still need to get those collections, to be honest. But yeah, those are your options. You might have to import them, but yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, definitely. All right. uh, The last question I had for today, I guess this could be considered a big question. Um, with this uh, new year upon us, James, what are your ex- expectations or predictions for the world of video games in 2023? Um, well, we know from the rumor mill that like Switch Pro is right around the corner. I hope so. That's that's a joke. Beefy, <laughs> don't tease me about my beefy Switch. I want my beefy Switch. Damn it! We all know you want your beefy Switch head. They should call it Beefy um, Switch, by the way. that That's all me, dude. You can give me I think, royalties, uh, <laughs> send it to my house. Thanks, Nintendo. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> Beefy um, Switch. I think all eyes are going to be on Nintendo waiting for them to say something about what's next. I doubt it'll happen before Tears of the Kingdom drops. But... Maybe after that, as a summertime thing, you know, because as we've discussed many times, 2022 was kind of a mixed bag for the Switch. Like, there were still definitely some great games that came out, like the aforementioned Kirby, but the hardware has just been thoroughly mined at this point, and a refresh is very much needed. And hopefully, it will take the exact same form factor, just offer more juice. Um, I think Steam Deck is going to continue to gain momentum and a lot of people that are interested because obviously Steam has a fantastic catalog of games um, in terms of a mix of like current things ported from consoles or newish PC games. I mean, you know, there is a lot that can be played on that thing before you even begin to exploit its uh, emulation capabilities, which many have. 
Um, I'm actually kind of curious about it from that standpoint, because I understand there's a very good Nintendo DS emulator, which if you use the Steam Deck to play that, you can have the primary screen be on a monitor or television set, and then the touch screen will be the screen on the Steam Deck. So that's pretty dope. Um, I'm definitely curious about that functionality myself. Um, in recent days, Sony has claimed that the PlayStation 5 shortage is over. Um, yeah, I read I that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how credible that is, but supposedly people are beginning to actually find them for sale in stores. Um, Xbox's availability has been a little bit better in recent months. Um, from what I understand, like people have regularly seen like series S or X units on the shelves. So it'll be interesting to see how the emphasis changes on what games are landing on those pieces of hardware, what gets pushed really hard you know, for all the games that I talked about that I'm eagerly anticipating, like those are all relative no brainers that I think, you know, they're going to come out and they're going to do very, very well because people adore those franchises. FF 16 might prove to be a very robust PS five seller. Um, you know, it will be an interesting time. And I also think there's definitely some pressure on, Microsoft to deliver something else that is either, you know, an exclusive or something that really, really takes advantage of the hardware beyond sort of the multiplayer FPS games that, you know, they absolutely have that audience as it is now, but you know, we'll see what else they can do. There are rumors that they were going to try and bring fable back. Hmm. Um, Interesting. That game had some fans. Um, But yeah, it just feels like, you know, Halo has been synonymous with Microsoft and the Xbox for so long, but clearly that game is in kind of a difficult place right now, as Hoptimus alluded to last time. Um, Yeah. You know, the new game kind of shat the bed with that community. Yeah. but I don't necessarily think that like another Halo game is really the answer at this point. You know, if anything, it might be a good time for that series to just sort of take a bit of a nap, you know, until they've got like a really powerful idea to build a new game on. I um, agree. Um, it they, might be time to bring back Gears of War. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It may be one fire into another, but at least. Yeah. Gears of War had enough of a break to warrant something new, but at the same time, you don't want it to become like Halo Infinite, where it's like, yeah, you we brought it back, but it's not as nearly as good as anything that you've seen in past games, and it leaves another bad taste in your mouth. So yeah, they so gotta be know. careful. I mean, there, there, there's gotta be something else that, like, you know, the main feature that separates this hardware from the previous generation is, you know, 120 Hertz output, um, and the really fast memory access. So 
I think Sony was kind of onto this, you know, with their development of the Ratchet and Clank title for PS5, where that game really shows off like how seamlessly those characters can be like transported from one sort of level style to another that's completely different almost instantaneously. Yeah. So loading is a thing of the past. Yeah. So maybe there just needs to be something else in that vein. That's like a killer app for it. Um, I don't know. Is there anything that you can sort of see on the horizon in terms of the biz or the console wars? This might be a little bit hot takey, like uh, what you would see from talk shows nowadays, but mm-hmm. I'm going to just let it lay it down right now. Um, yeah. I don't think that Microsoft Activision Blizzard merger is going to happen. Yeah, I think the F- uh, FTC is going to do whatever it can to break that up. It looks like that they're not really liking it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is definitely a hot take, but I don't think it's going to go through. And they're going to have to figure out something else because, as you said, Microsoft is already having difficulties bringing up their own titles. That's why they're doing this merger, so that they Mm -hmm. don't have to do it. But if they're kind of left high and dry with this merger, not being able to do it, then we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's my hot take. I don't think that's going to happen. And another kind of hot take-ish thing is uh yeah i don't think uh you're gonna see nfts become much of a buzzword this year compared to years past and in fact it may die and i'll be very happy and i'll tell you why because as i've said over and over i'm not from missouri but you got to show me why (laughs) you gotta show me why nfts are good for us you keep talking about Oh, this is going to be the wave of the future. But you keep promising this, but you're not showing us anything. You're just saying this so you can profit from it. Everyone knows it's one-sided. Everyone knows that it's very beneficial to the companies because they make money off your purchases. We don't get to keep our investments very long because it depends on if the servers last which we all know they don't last very long i mean they probably would last as long as uh the lifespan of mobile games nowadays that are ongoing you know they probably even last a year and i would be so pissed if i plunked down hundreds of dollars on nfts only to find out oh sorry uh we're only gonna have the service for two years sorry but we're not going to maintain it, so you're SOL. Right. You get you get to keep nothing. So, I mean, it's already dying down that the NFT talk, but and geez, look at Metaverse. Like no one's really talking about Metaverse because Meta, Facebook, <laughs> they kind of tanked on that idea. So now you can see they're quietly sweeping that under the rug and not talking about it anymore. But. I think uh, it's going to take someone like Square Enix to fall, to fail miserably, which they already are kind of doing. I mean, they've already tried this once with uh, having that statue of Final Fantasy characters with the little NFT bonus put in if you buy a certain version of it. And 
I don't think many people bid on that because they're like, I, I know what you're trying to do. I just want your, I want your merch, but I don't want that. I don't want any part of that crap, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, thus far it seems more like it's a marketing scheme that doesn't really have a worthwhile product in tow. Yeah. Because I still haven't had anybody actually be able to either tell me why it's a good or interesting piece of technology or show me why I should be interested. I should be interested in this as a thing that adds something to gaming that previously did not exist. Yep. I haven't seen it yet. It's put so, up or shut up time. That's what I'm saying this year. Pretty, go pretty hard much. or go home. If you don't yep. have it, get out of my yard. Get out! Get out! Get out! So that is my hot take for this year. NFTs, you're going down. We're not going to talk about you anymore. Getting swept under the rug like Metaverse. If I was a rapper, I'd be rapping right now. If I could have some bombastic lyrics about you going down NFTs because we don't like you. (laughs) But yeah. That's that's how I feel about 2023. I think it'll be a great year for us. Might not be good for some things like NFTs or metaverses, but that's okay because we don't care about them. We just care about our gaming. Yay. All right. That wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Before we go, uh, definitely, if you're interested in supporting the ruminations radio network which they they really do need the support because uh i mean it's hard to keep up a network without much funding if you really like our show and other shows on the ruminations radio network uh we highly encourage that you uh visit their patreon site you can find it on ruminationsradionetwork.com uh our good old buddy who runs the whole show mitch uh yeah he's working as hard as he can to keep this network up but can't do it with you know with nothing for funds you know if you can help out even a little bit please do consider because yeah it will go a long way to keeping this show and all the other shows on our on this network alive yeah so please do check it out ruminationsradionetwork.com for more information uh james where can we reach you at on the you can find me on Instagram at Super Barrio Kart. Nice. IG? Any IGs? That is Instagram. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, your Twitter and Instagram are different. That's why I always get confused. Yeah, I'm probably gonna get rid of my Twitter soon, so I'm not gonna plug that here. Okay, got it. For <laughs> yeah, no. I totally understand. Uh for me, I'm still on Twitter until it dies. I, I'm not going to do much updating there anyways, but Twitter and Instagram, I'm at GameAgentET. And you can find our shows, uh, social network stuff on IG and Twitter at OhGodItHZ. That does it for today. Once again, Happy New Year. Hope you have a lot of great fortune this upcoming year. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.